what's up? This is JM, host of the Celebrity Grill podcast on iTunes, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Network. All barbecue and grilling, all the time. Do it live. Okay. Well, do it live. I can. I'll write it, and we'll do it live. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure you say whatever? We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and oh. should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things that are important in the world of barbecue and grilling. The show originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Reppy. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evenings, a live fire, fun, and frivolity show. If you want to jump in on the show tonight or you want to follow the show during off-show hours, here's how you do all that. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at the bbqcentralshow.com. Follow us on all the social media channels at BBQ Central Show. And be sure to subscribe to the show podcast feed on your favorite podcast platform. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you get the newsletter coming up in about 13 minutes from now. He was off last month as he so graciously bowed out as we got a Robert Moss origin story. So he allotted time for that, but he's back in better than ever in his second Tuesday of the month segment, creator of AmazingRibs.com, Meathead, of course. Now I have an email saying that there is going to be a bit of turnabout as we start the segment, and I'll let him lead into that after I do my own normal starting of segments with all of my guests, but we'll see what Meathead has up his sleeve outside of that. We're going to be talking about 2023 gift guides, things that maybe Meathead might want if he is fraught with cash. Fraught? Flush? Flush with cash. Money, no object. What's the gift that Meathead is buying himself above all others? And in 2023, a slew of top-notch gifts that people would want, no doubt about it. So we'll talk to Meathead about that. After Meathead, of course, we will have the aforementioned Robert Moss. Plenty to dig into with Robert. Maybe some history lessons on some of those major holiday proteins and where they've come to fall in line with tradition. And then we'll move to the second hour. As I'd mentioned, it was Robert Moss last week. This week, we have a new origin story with a 2023 Barbecue Central Show's guest Hall of Famer, famed pitmaster, a business of barbecue maven, captain of industry in this live fire world that we so dearly hold 
that we so fondly, <laughs> that we hold dear to ourselves. Let's say it like that. That's not the best way to say it, but I'm going to say it like that. You might know him as Shake and Bake. You might know him as Gateway Drum Smoker. You might know him as Blues Hog Barbecue. You might know him as the budding Marble Ridge meat supplier, Tim Shear. An origin story of Tim Shear. We're going to learn a whole bunch about Tim. So outside of just those four things that I'd mentioned that a lot of you know him from, if not a combination of those four things, we're going to learn about a whole bunch of other stuff. So stay tuned in the second hour for an origin story of Tim Shear. So Meathead and Robert Moss, your typical first hour on a Tuesday in the second week of a month, and then a Tim Shear origin story second hour, and we'll see how long that takes. You can follow me on Instagram, X, TikTok, and Snapchat, all with the handle at BBQ Central Show. And we say good evening to those of you watching tonight through one of the video streaming platforms. Once again, we have changed it out from Twitch this week and supplemented it with X. So you can go to Facebook or X slash BBQ Central Show, or you can watch on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash at BBQ Central Show. We also have a new YouTube poll question of the week, and we're asking everybody this. Your choice between the three... For Christmas dinner, rib roast, turkey, or ham, and currently, wow, 100% of you are saying prime rib roast. Wow. 100%. We have a third of the votes that are typically in at this point. So I thought myself we would see the black sheep, although it's not a sheep at all. It's pork. I thought we would see ham. As a black sheep leader at this point, but it appears anybody that's voted is forsaking the granddaddy of them all last month, Turkey. You're not doubling up on Turkey. We used to double up on Turkey when I was growing up. It was Turkey Thanksgiving, Turkey Christmas. Everybody is forsaking Turkey. Everybody forsaking ham. 100% of you are saying prime rib roast or rib roast, prime the grade that I'm getting from. Kevin down at the butcher shop there in Pensacola. So we'll see how the rest of the show tracks this evening. And let's start here tonight. Why not? No surprise here. Reaction coming in hot and heavy for both the origin story of one fast Eddie Morin and the joint segment with Malcolm Reed and Heath Riles talking about all things going on in Memphis these days as it relates to music events and barbecue competitions and same dates in May. It's hard to pick a winner here. Why even bother? I was surprised to hear how many folks didn't know that Fast Eddie was the guy who created the F.E. Cooker. I mean, F.E. stands for Fast Eddie, for crying out loud. A lot of you knew about the unit or owned, perhaps still own, an F.E. Cooker, but you didn't know who came up with it. Most of you thought it was solely a cook shack project and you were surprised in a good way to hear that the whole story from last week from Eddie's mouth included the fact that Eddie was indeed the creator of the Effie cooker. I might be wrong on this, but I think Eddie took production out of cook shack for a bit, went to Danson's for a hot second, ultimately bringing it back to cook shack where they've lived and had this great marriage. We didn't talk about it last week, but 
He does have a pellet grill available as well called the PG-1000. It's a beast. It's expensive. I don't think it really sells well because of the cost involved. But to see it in action is to see a high-performance cooking unit that is truly unrivaled in the industry, especially the pellet industry or the pellet segment when you talk about cookers. Even the higher-end brands like Mac can't touch it. And we're not even going to talk about the consumer-level brands like Traeger and the other ones that you would know about you can find anywhere. So if you missed the interview with Eddie, go back and get it second hour last week. Now, in the first hour, Malcolm Reed, Heath Riles do a joint segment. We talked about the Memphis stuff that's going on. Look, maybe I'm foolish here or... This shows my naivete when it comes to the barbecue contest. I was shocked that neither Malcolm or Heath for one nanosecond even considered my question about being compensated to show up at the new event. All fees covered, all fees covered, and $2,000 to show up in your pocket. And if you win, you get to keep Whatever the amount is in the winnings purse, and nobody knows what that is either. It was like a race of who could say no quicker between the two. I don't know what shotguns cost these days. I don't know if you heard the line or caught it when Heath spit it out last week. I don't know what shotguns cost these days, but if you can't get a good shotgun for $2,000, like what the hell is going on? <laughs> I don't even know. Outside of my thoughts, many of you thought that this was great, that neither of them were interested in jumping into the new event, even if they were being incentivized to do so. They want to win Memphis in May. It's a world title. That's what they want. They're willing to sacrifice location in order to get title. And I'll be interested to see how this continues to track over the next few months because they both brought up a number of good points during the segment. So if you missed it, make sure you grab it and get caught up. Steve from Tennessee writing it. Greg, great interview with two big-time competition teams, adding Heath Riles to the mix. A great call as well. I loved when Malcolm said if it was a $100,000 purse, he might consider going to the contest. But almost the next sentence, he said it wasn't about the money. Heath's observation about barbecue contests being about teams, and not spectators was also very insightful. It's not a spectator sport for sure. Regards, Steve. Mushy writing in. Last Tuesday's episode with Malcolm and Heath was the best ever. Please do it again and again. Just excellent. Regards, Mushy. Is that your real name? Mushy? All right. Thank you for writing in. Before we get to Meathead... Let me ask you a question, not what you're having for holiday dinner, by the way. Are you tired of settling for mediocre grilling experiences? Yes, we all are. It's time to step up this game now during the holiday season. Bring the ultimate flavor and cooker to the backyard barbecues. Pits and Spits Charcoal Grills offering the highest quality live fire cooking experience that you can get in the market today. Using either wood or charcoal, their solid fuel grills produce those flavors that you're looking for. When you have the time to fire up the grill and cook with family and friends with a large adjustable fuel tray, it's their take where you can 
fine tune the heat, lower or raise that control. It's like the Santa Maria style grill, except in a pits and spits kind of way. Check them out online, pitsandspits.com slash BBQ Central. That's pitsandspits.com slash BBQ Central. Use promo code Charcoal Central, all one word, Charcoal Central. You get $150 off any charcoal grill that's available for sale on their website. And if you're spelling pits and spits, don't forget, little special here, it's the double T on the pits and the spits. Pitsandspits.com slash BBQ Central and then code charcoal Central. When you're buying a charcoal grill, it saves you $150 off any of the charcoals. Come on. All right, we're back with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, longtime sponsor of the show. Your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit cookandpellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also buy, which we recommend, walmart.com, lowes.com, amazon.com. Same great selection, even better shipping rate by a long shot than you can get at the cookandpellets.com website. But peruse there first, and then when you're ready to buy, Lowe's, Walmart, or Amazon, all places to go. Vendors. It is the second Tuesday of the month, and that brings a visit from our pal and the creator of AmazingRibs.com, Meathead. Welcome back after a month off on hiatus and a forced hiatus on my part, of course, as we got the origin story of Robert Moss. Meathead, I don't know if you listened to it or not, but if you did, was there one thing that you learned about Robert Moss that you didn't know? Um, I did not. I, I, without going into great detail, um, I had a family emergency and I had to go to Florida. Uh, mother, ninety-eight year old mother uh, had a little issue. So ninety-eight year old mother, ninety-eight years old. My mom is, and she's uh, she she's in rehab now. And it's a long story. I don't want to get into it. I want to bum you or my guest, but I will yield to the illustrious Robert Moss any day. I don't know if you're aware that he worked for us for a little while. Did some real good to me, uh, to the website. I don't know if you knew um, this or not, but Robert Moss is evidently, for as big of a barbecue writer and historian, I thought that's what he did. He's like mega computer guy. So obviously you oh, probably yeah. knew that, but I had no idea that he was so entrenched in the the beginnings of you know where computers are and followed right along. Yeah, yeah, he, he and actually he did some technical work on our site. So, hmm. hell of a guy, hell of a guy. Meathead YouTube poll question of the week. We're asking everybody, and it's a runaway at the moment. Your choice between the three for a crit. Well, right, prime, prime rib. rib it is very good. 
Yeah, and I cook it for the gang. Yeah, I do. I do a reverse sear. Lately, I've been sous viding it, then searing it, because I got to go over the river and through the woods. And mm-hmm. so, if you sous vide it, I can keep it in the warm water mm-hmm. in a beer cooler, mm-hmm. carry it miles, hold it at a steady temp, and uh, then everybody's having cocktails and having fun. And about uh, thirty minutes before dinner, I go out back, fire up my uh, host's uh, Weber Genesis, and uh, oh sear the snot out of it and we have great prime rib and by the way i usually buy a full seven bone prime rib roast strip the bones off save those for another meal for my wife and me Mm. those bones baby backs beef baby backs they're fantastic then i pull the spinalis off Mm. uh, which is the crescent-shaped muscle that wraps around the tube down the center the longissimus or the eye of the ribeye, and I cook only the eye of the ribeye, and that way everybody gets these beautiful, round, perfectly cooked discs. Uh, just fantastic. Huh. Uh, so what's a oh. what's a seven bone way? Seven um, blah, blah, blah. ten pounds or more. So if I'm getting a seventeen pound prime grade rib roast from Kevin at the butcher shop in Pensacola. Is that coming in one hunk or am I going to get two hunks? You might get two. Mm. Now, 17 pounds, that might include the bones. I don't know. Wow. You need to check with him. He may yeah. he may be giving. Uh, mine is usually 10 pounds. Yeah. I have a standing order for it. Hmm. So uh, I, I know our time's limited, and you hit me with a quiz question. Yes. Tonight, I have quiz for you. Oh, all right. Do you want Turn the about. drum roll lead in? Whatever you want. Let's just get it on. All right. Here we go. Okay. Um, at the end of the year, Google publishes its list of the most popular searches. And they cover a whole variety of characters, categories. Yeah. And one of them is the most popular recipe searches. Mm. So I'm going to read to you the top 10 most popular recipe searches, and you're going to tell me what they are. <laughs> Number 10, softball for you, cottage cheese ice cream. I'm supposed to tell you what the dish is? Yeah, what is what is cottage cheese ice cream? Uh, uh, I don't know. It's ice cream made out of cottage cheese and sugar, the way you would make it out of regular cream. Okay, here it gets more interesting. <laughs> what is number nine? A Brazilian lemonade. Uh, it's a lemonade with limes in it. It's actually, you're very close. It's primarily a limeade. There's not any lemons involved. I don't know why they call it a lemonade. And you start with whole lemons, mash them all up, let them stew for a day or two, and then you mix condensed milk in with it. No cachaça? Okay. I have no idea. Right. You know what cachaça cachaça yes. is? <laughs> yeah, it's it's Brazilian potent rum. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, potent stuff. Okay, number 8. They get harder. Number 8 is the coronation quiche. Uh, it's a uh it's a, it's a Cornish game hen stuffed quiche. No, it's no. Uh, the coronation like for the queen or the king oh. coronation. Right. It's 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 pretty standard quiche. Egg and cheese, but it has fava beans in it. What? Oh, 
fava beans. Like now, a these nice are the top Chianti. 10 searches on Google. Well, this is across the and, globe, and, right? No, these are the U.S. top 10. There is another. You can ask it to give you the top 10 searches for any country or across the globe. Oh, wow. This is, in U, this is from U.S. only. Cowboy butter. Oh, dear. Uh, is that uh, butter? Is it uh, is it beef tallow? Cowboy butter? You know, I thought it was um, uh, a uh, beef marrow, but it's not. It's mm. a compound butter with a lot of stuff in it. It's got uh, lemon juice, garlic, shallots, mustard, horseradish, cayenne, paprika, parsley, chives, thyme, salt, and pepper. Wow. It's a compound butter. What's a Hugo Spritz? Sounds like a cocktail with spritz yep. at the end. So there's probably some type of soda water or nonsense in there. Hugo spritz. Uh, yeah, is, I don't is it know bourbon? where the Hugo comes Is it bourbon from? and probably soda? In, it's from northern Italy, and it's made with elderflower liqueur, oh. prosecco, and mint. And if you've never had elderflower liqueur, it ain't cheap, yeah. but it is marvelous. Go mm. get yourself some. All right, here's here, here we get weird now. The pump. <laughs> Teeny number five, pump teeny, pump teeny. Hmm. Another cocktail. I don't have the first yep. idea. Pump. I thought for sure it was a cock, a, a, a pumpkin martini or ah, something. It's uh -huh, not. Uh -huh. It's somehow connected to the Vanderpumps, whom I have no idea who they are, but they are, I think, some sort of television yeah. personalities. Yeah. And it has raspberries, orange liqueur, grapefruit juice, lime juice, simple syrup, and Ugh, vodka. Yikes. Sounds good, actually. There's a lot of ingredients Black? in that. Yeah, a lot of stuff in yeah. there. Pumptini. Pumptini. All right. You'll have to tell me who the Vanderpumps are one day. Black cake. This is an icon, and I didn't know about it. Huh? And I researched it, and then, son of a gun, my neighbor brought me some. Black cake? I don't know. It's a Jamaican tradition, and it's almost required on Christmas. <laughs> it's a type of um, fruitcake. They start with um, dried cherries and dates and stuff and soak them in rum <laughs> until they inflate, and then they bake the cake around it. There's um, molasses, brown sugar, uh, more rum, eggs, a lot of eggs. <laughs> And I just tasted some, and it's it's good. It's better than regular fruitcake, I'll tell you that. Did a Jamaican bring it over to you? No, actually, a friend brought it over. I guess she heard about it. A lot of these sound to me to be things that came to us through TikTok, uh, you know? Yeah, like washing uh, your chicken before you cook it on TikTok with soap. Speaking of chicken, number three, coming down the home stretch, right. chicken cobbler. Hmm. Uh, all right. How about, um, is this something like a, a casserole with biscuits on top, but they're calling it cobbler or it. cobbler top? You got it. Mm. You've nailed it. It's, it's sort of like a pot pie in a, in a, in a, in a, in a pan, nine by 13 pan, um, with, uh, biscuits on top. Ah, um, yes. okay. This one is off the chain though. Oh. Lasagna soup. Lasagna soup. All right. Um, I mean, is it 
ingredients for lasagna, except it is now a soupy broth of tomato-ish yeah. instead of thickness. It's a tomato soup yeah. with ground beef and sausage, spinach. That's the number two and- most search recipe on Google? Yes, yes. Wow. I mean, th- you notice there's nothing barbecue here. I was going to say. Damn little brisket? meat. There's no meat anywhere. Yeah. The number one number most one. searched on Google for the whole year, 2023, is the Grimace Shake. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, you know it? Yeah, um, that was viral maybe uh, two or three months ago, maybe over the summer. McDonald's actually brought it out, and then everybody and their mother was trying to replicate it at home with some purple piece of crap. I never heard of any of these. Yeah. It's a it's a f- berry flavored milkshake that McDonald's brought out uh, from June to July, and apparently everybody was trying to figure out how to make it. <laughs> wow! These are the top ten most Googled recipes of 2023. Uh, I'm going to go out of business. <laughs> Heartache and pain. I mean, no burgers, no ribs. I mean, you're amazingribs.com for crying out loud. And yeah. uh, no, not even like butter candle or anything that was even trendy at the beginning of the year. Wow, no, this is no, a sad no. state of affairs. I feel like we're still in the pandemic with those searches. Yeah, o- o- Oklahoma burgers, you, you know, right. they were catching on for a while. They're great, by the way. I love making those. Nowhere in sight. Hmm. Interesting. How's the, um, how's the rub and sauce business going for you? It, you know, it's a sideline for us, Greg. Um, we are not actively promoting it. We don't have a salesman on staff. Um, we brought it out just because the people at Old World Spices said that we're a big brand and we ought to try doing rubs and sauces that people know of us and have heard of us and they'll buy them. So I, I, we just, we've got them on the website. Um, and, uh, we've done a couple of promotions with email and stuff. But we've got no money behind it. No, real. We're not anywhere near where Malcolm and uh, Heath and those those guys are in promoting their rubs and sauces. And frankly, I don't care to compete with them. Uh, uh, it's just a sideline. It, it's found money to us. So you don't uh, you don't have any plans to try and get it in anywhere or have somebody try and solicit I'd for you? I'd love to see a grocery chain or somebody pick it up. But I, we have made no effort, and I don't have time. i got to finish this stupid, stinking book. Oh, well, <laughs> I wasn't even going to ask you about it, but you just called it stupid and stinking. So have we have we found hurdles on the last 500 oh, here? Oh, God, yes. I, I don't know if I, how much I've told you in the re- listeners, but what I turned in in May was double the size. Yeah, you, you, you were pitching then. Uh, you were trying to, to reverse the and deal into a two-book. It's really hard cutting. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of great information hitting the cutting room floor. Um, it'll end up on the website, maybe another book. I don't know. Um, but I'm cutting, 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 cutting. And I, I mean, what's left is really good, but I'm just, it's just killing me that I'm leaving stuff out. But don't you, uh, we've, we've already talked about this a little bit, but let me, maybe you weren't listening to me the last time. I'll try it again. Get over yourself a little bit, cut the shit out that needs to be cut out and deliver the book and then fashion the shit on the floor as you're handing it in and say, I want the deal for book three. That's the easiest book you're going to write and you can get an advance on that too. And you take all that money. That's kind of where we're going. That's kind of where we're going. 
it's just writing a book is 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 is, is, is a bit of sculpture. You have to shape it. Yeah, but they're telling there you what to, to write a, and what they want. Um, I more I take great pride in, in my writing. Yeah, but they're paying I, you, I, Meathead, I, to produce something. You can't just step in your own way. I'll, I'll turn in a good book. I will. It'll be an excellent book. I trust. Trust me. I'm sure. It's just making it, making it an excellent book. Making there be a beginning, a middle, and an end, and making it flow. Making it all connected. Making everything related. Mm. Plus the recipes that demonstrate the procedures and so on. It it, it just. I I I'm I I I I use pejoratives surrounding it because it's just been eating my life. I mean, that's all I've been doing now for more than a year is trying to finish this book, and uh, I'll do be very a, happy. Do when you need a ghostwriter? You want me to bring in Doug Tratner to help you get this going? He'll do it for a price. No. no. Do you know Doug Tratner? No. Thank, all I can say is thank God I have Clint and the rest of the team <laughs> running the website so I can focus on the book. I, I guess. I mean, what 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 else could you possibly be doing? Uh, well, I could be working on the website and doing other stuff like wow, that, but please. that's okay. Wow, unbelievable! Um, and you know, and then I waste my time hanging out with you. I mean, this is just this is terrible. twenty minutes. How dare you put it on me? It's twenty minutes at the nine thirty at night. Uh, what's what are the biggest holiday gift suggestions? outside of thermometers and the stuff that we know yeah, about yeah. that we tell everybody about what's the outside the box we, stuff you're telling people to we've get? got a we've got a holiday gift guide on the website and we break it down into price categories fifty dollars oh. and under 51 to 200 and so on thermometers are all over the place because there's every year the technology takes new leaps yeah um, there's some really cool new thermometers out there I mean I know you know about the combustion thermometer and there's some really cool stuff happening. But one of the things that I really like this year that's on the buy list is a gadget called Venom. Uh, are you familiar with it? No. It's, it's a device that attaches underneath a Weber kettle and surrounds the intake uh, vents. And it's, it's a thermostat controller. It has an LED screen and it opens and closes the vents depending on the temperature you set for the um, this thing? Uh, for the oven. That's it. Wow. That's it. Spider grills. 200 bucks. It attaches it, where the ash pan is. It has its own ash co collector. And uh, we did a review of it. I did a review of it. I've got one attached to my kettle. And it really works. It nails the temperature inside that Weber kettle almost on the money. I've had a little problem with the Wi-Fi connection, mm -hmm. um, but that I think is more of a problem with my internal Wi-Fi. Um, but it really does a beautiful job of holding a Weber kettle on temperature, and um, it, it's got a, a variety of bells and whistles and controls. Uh, I forget how much; it's around two hundred bucks or one hundred and ninety-nine dollars like USD. There you go. Hmm. Nice little gadget. Um, if you've got a Weber kettle. You want to make sure you have the slow and sear, which goes in the Weber kettle. And then this is the next best thing I've seen to um, uh, attach the Weber kettle. But, By the way, have you heard that Weber's brought out a new 26-incher? No. Yeah. they've just I just got the announcement yesterday, a 26-inch kettle. They've had that, though, right? Or has it always been a, a 22 or 24? Uh, the 22 and this 26 is... It got all kinds of. Uh, it's got the the performer type functions built in. Oh, um, 
it's 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 a, it's an upgrade. If money's no object, and you have a lot of stuff, you've played with a lot of stuff. But for whatever you had to give back or donate out, what have you? If I'm writing you a check and money's no object, what are you going out and putting on your bag deck? Well, it's funny. I would love to have a Karubaku, hmm. which is a log-burning pit. And, in fact, I have one. Yeah. And I've had it for years, and I hardly use it because it requires sitting next to it almost full-time, tending it. Yep. because. It, but the food that comes out of it is unparalleled. Hmm. And I'm cutting down on the number of large metal objects on my deck, and I'm giving it away. The Karubacue? A Karubacue. I oh, it's it's an expensive couple of three grand. I don't know. Oh yeah. Uh, it's been sitting on my deck, and I put out a notice in our pitmaster club. I gave away my backwood smoker. I gave away my big green egg, and now I'm giving away my Karubacue all to members of our pitmaster club. Um, guys coming out next week to pick up the Karubacue. I'm trimming down. I'm trimming down. There's a guy in Cleveland who wants a Karubacue meathead. Jesus Christ, you don't even reach out and say, hey, what? I mean, what's going on? How craziness. I I put a notice in the Pitmaster Club, and I know you were a member. I know. I must have missed it. Shame on me. Well, mm -hmm. that guy's going to enjoy a yeah. one of the finest uh, wood-burning pits. I would say offset, but it's not offset. Yeah, it's great. Um, we give away a lot of grills and smokers. Um that we enjoy an 82% renewal rate, which is incredible. Yeah. And it's uh, cheap for what some of those other places are getting for the information and the early alerts I think so. and all that stuff. Certainly I think so. well worth it. ROI is there, no doubt about it. And look, this is Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. You see him here on the second Tuesday of every month for the last, like, 15 years. And... The next time you're on. I was on, still in high school when I started coming on your show. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> we were both so much younger. And in 2024, Meathead's going to start his 48th year guesting on this show, the second Tuesday of every month. Are you in for 2024, Meathead? Hell yeah. Yes. Here we go. Hell right. yes. yeah. I, I'm going to ask for a raise. I will be happy to double what I'm paying you currently. So. I, I'm. Yes. Hopefully yeah. that will suffice. All right. Uh, any other Two questions? Times zero. Everybody anything? knows what That's that is. right. We know. Amazingribs.com is the place to go. You can also find them on social. Meathead, always appreciate the time. Have a great holiday, and we'll see you in 2024. Fun hanging with you as always, and great holiday to you and your lovely wife and Thank your you. beautiful daughters. Um, great 2024. All right. We'll see you then in January. almost said June. <laughs> We're halfway through 2024 already. No. So we'll see Meathead in January. Robert Moss is ready to go. And we'll get to him here in just one second. Meathead talked about giving away a bunch of cookers. He mentioned a big green egg. Well, I'm here to talk about another ceramic cooker. A Primo Grill. Oh, yes. Well, I think we can all agree on a few different things. We love ceramic cookers because... They are tremendously fuel efficient, especially now where I live, where Meathead lives, where Jason King lives in the Great White North, Johnny Mags in the Great White 
New England east. It's going to start to get cold. I mean, not over the next week, at least here in Cleveland, but at some point it will snow for the next six months. When the ceramics heat up and the Primo, now it doesn't matter how cold it is outside. That charcoal has to work way less to keep the heat. Any other cooker, it's got to work that much harder to keep the 225, the 250, the 275, but not the Primo. Ceramics are warm, and now the fuel economy kicks in. Also, the humid cooking environment kicks in. Learned that again this past weekend as I did four racks of ribs. So space, while at a premium, certainly enough on the XL, thanks to the oval deflector plates in there, of course. A couple chunks of apple wood for a little wood smoke. Delicious, perfectly cooked ribs each and every time. And while I'm not averse to drafting systems of any kind, no need for me. Lock it in right at the beginning and boom, stays right on target for hours and hours on end. And I don't skimp with the charcoal. I'm like full load. So wherever you think you would normally stop, I'm actually more charcoal on top of that. Because you can always just knock off the coal or knock off the ash and use whatever's remaining for the next cook. I get plenty of cooks out of one load of charcoal in a Primo. Only sold through dealers, so find one near you. Primogrill.com. Go to the dealer locator and then check them out in person. Find the oval that's right for you. Uh, Again, I have the XL. I've never known anybody to bitch about having one that's too big. I do know people that bitch about having one that's not big enough. So don't live with regret right off the bat. Once again, primogrill.com. All the accessories that you want. Rotisseries. You could use a rotisserie for that prime rib roast that you're going to be doing at 86%. Now saying that they're going to be doing that. 10% saying turkey and 5% saying ham. And we'll be back with Robert Moss right after this. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And we thank Meathead for joining us last segment. AmazingRibs.com, his website. This segment brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring. Or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, your luck. Fireboard fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. Don't forget about the Fireboard Spark and the brand new Fireboard Beacon as well. Why not? My next guest is the contributing barbecue editor to Southern Living Magazine. Last month, we had the origin story. And we are back under normal pretense here. It's Robert Moss, robertfmoss.com. Robert, we're asking everybody this YouTube poll question of the week, and Meathead was rifling his answer right off at the top, but I'll ask you to remain calm as we get the question out at least. Uh, Choice between the three for a Christmas dinner, a prime-grade rib roast, a turkey, or a ham? Where are you living at? Uh, rib roast, 100%. All right. Uh, do you yeah. have a specific grade that you prefer if you're buying that? No, I don't. I'm trying to think. I've, I've have it. I don't normally have a big Christmas dinner here. A couple of times when I did have family and I did a, a 
or Big Rib Roast. I can't remember if it was Prime or not, but it was certainly really good. And uh, it of all the things I've I serve when I have a guest over, that people put a hurting on the rib roast more than anything else. Hmm. They go back for seconds, thirds, and then you know even maybe a, a little slivers at the end for fourths. Eighty-six percent of folks are saying the rib roast. Ten percent saying turkey, and five percent are saying ham. Uh, my math is not that good, but I believe YouTube's mathematics are off by at least 1% because 86 plus 10 is 96 plus 5 is 101, and that's bad math where I'm I come you from. you got some rounding errors that's going a, on there. but terrible. I mean, come on. We're, we're at the height <laughs> of technology here. You can't get me to 100%. I mean, that's outrageous. Uh, so as I had mentioned last month, we were doing the origin story of Robert Moss, which we certainly appreciate. Last week, we did Fast Eddie's origin story, the creator of the Effie Cooker. And in the second hour tonight, we'll be doing an origin story of Tim Shear from Shake and Bake Barbecue and Gateway Drum Smoker. So looking forward to getting through all these as uh, all the guests happen to be that are doing these. Uh, 2023 Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Famer. We didn't get to this item last month because of said origin story. But I know you had some thoughts or you at least wanted to talk a little bit about this uh, Memphis in May slash Mempho Fest or whatever the hell it's going to be called as the competing. Here's the thing. It's it's the gift that has kept on giving all of 2023, at least since March when we really started to hype up the event. And then you had the associated fallout. And now you have an upstart. It's going to be taking place on potentially the same dates as Memphis and May. It's the only way that it makes sense. In Tom Lee Park, what are your thoughts? Well, uh, we actually had a list to talk about. That was long before the whole competitive, the, the, the uh, I know, right, right. came along and everything else. It was really more just tying that into all the issues with the KCBS scoring controversies. And and boy, yeah, the, the, the truck keeps veering off the road right. and into the further and further into the ditch. Um, you know, so yeah, my thoughts, I, I think in general, you know, and you know, we didn't get to talk about it cause we were doing the, the origin story. Yeah. I went to, uh, the Jack, uh, hmm. up in, uh, in Lynchburg back at the end of, uh, of October and, and was a judge there and got to see that, that major as well. So this has got me thinking a lot about what's going on. Um, I feel like we're at a inflection point with barbecue competitions. I don't know, and we may get more into the 2024 prognostications at some point here, but I don't know where they're going, but I feel like there's a lot of, of um, controversy, but I think it's also represents that you're sort of at this changing of the leadership. If you think about those organizations and of course the, Memphis MA uh, CEO resigned since we originally were going to talk about this. Yeah. We had the the changing of leadership at KCBS uh, going on as, as well. Um, when I was, I, I could talk for hours about the Jack. It was a great experience. Uh, I got to sit at the table with uh, with uh, Artie Davis, Remus Powers, who is a sort of iconic figure at the Jack, but it was his last Jack. He's retiring. Yeah. Um, and will not be coming back. He does the um, swearing of the judges. He does the burning of the grievances at the big party the night before. He's sort of this iconic figure. And so I actually got to sit at the table with Artie as a, uh, and, and judge alongside him, which was just a, by coincidence. But I felt like it was a changing of the guard as well in that sense mm. that you, you, you've got um, a lot of people moving out of it. So I don't know where it's heading, but I think you see some of that starting to surface with uh, Memphis and May, I think you see some of that in the the, the 
changeover at uh, KCBS. And I think you're just having a lot of transition pains going on right now. And I'm not sure where, where they're going to lead. When you're looking at the inner workings of this Jack Daniels, you're judging. So it's technically not a like a, a KCBS uh, event in where... Oh, no, it is. It, the, the, the Jack no, no, no. is a KCBS, KCBS letter. It's, it's an invitational. So uh, if you yeah. win the Jack, you know, these aren't points accumulated towards team of the year or anything Correct. like that. Yes. This is, you know, separate. It is um, a, sanctioned by uh, KCBS, but um, when you're seeing all this happen, not anywhere near the size of the American Royal, and as I kind of learned last month you're big into tech you I mean you know computers and all this other stuff is there a point where technology needs to be leveraged way more than it is i'm not just talking about kcbs but just in general in this kind of a scoring atmosphere is there too much human error potential that technology could whittle away or minimize to a large degree or no matter if you're putting iPads in front of people, it's not going to necessarily give you a better shot at coming up with more accurate results. Yeah, I I I don't know that this is a problem technology will solve. You know, what I, a lot of what I do in technology is what's the problem you're trying to solve, and let, let's define the problem and then figure out um, you know the best way to solve it. Yes, uh, the judging system for KCBS is still paper slips and a pen at the table, and you and you mark down a number from five to nine uh, on on the slip, and then someone has to go tally it all up. So there's room for error there. But uh, if you've ever seen how much barbecue sauce is at the table of a judging table and all the wadded up napkins, there's plenty of room for keyboard errors and et cetera at at the table too. Mm. So I'm not sure that it's a problem that technology is going to solve per se. Um, I don't, it's hard to say exactly what went wrong with the, I mean, you, you, I know from the, uh, the CEO coming on the show that there was a lot of issues with a tech vendor, but it sounds like technology was a part of the problem here. And so it's probably, as in most cases with technology, it's less the technical piece of it as the process and the, the system, you know, systematic nature of doing something that, that messed up, which is bound to happen when you have something I think is, it's it's complicated the judging and the scoring and the tallying of it. So I think you know it's surprising to me that the, the the errors don't happen more often uh, than you know, having been through it a couple of times. I think there's two schools of thought on that. Depending on if you're a shithead or not, I'm going to not be a shithead. <laughs> you had the American Royal issue. You had then a month or so later the incident at the Atlanta barbecue store. Not necessarily related. Haven't heard anything since that. And that and that might have become a bigger deal than it really should have because it was on the heels of the American Royal, and that's the biggest contest of the year that KCBS sanctions. And there were not awards held because nobody wanted to call the wrong winner again that had happened at the American Royal. So I think I can chalk this up at this point because nothing else has happened or even and nobody's even called me and said, "Hey, don't say this." But it looks like we got something here or something there. I can chalk this up as anomalous. It was a unfortunate 2023 at the end, um, and nothing else has happened unless it starts to happen again or regularly for whatever reason in 2024. You got to dig into it a little bit more. But I can hold it as anomalous here at this point. 
were you uh, at the at the Jack? Was it as magical as people make it sound? I know you're not competing there, but I mean, you have a different view and a different eye on this, where you could probably write an article two or seven on being in the holler and all this other stuff. Is it is it as magical and majestic as people paint it to be? I told you I'd come on and say it was magical. It was wonderful. It was uh, butterflies everywhere. It actually was. Um, the, the The setting is fantastic, and and being in the the being in the hollow and on and particularly on the, we got the tour the distillery. They do the big party up on the hill. All that part was really really quite fantastic and, and interesting. Um, I really enjoyed the judging, but what what I did not expect was. Um, it's done under a giant tent right in the middle of the competition. I did not expect that there would be bleachers on either side of the judges tent with like dozens and dozens of people just sort of sitting in the bleachers watching. Um, even less, I, I didn't expect it. It'd be sort of like old home week. I actually ended up knowing a ton of people under that tent. <laughs> um, a lot of the judges are actual, you know, famous competition folks that you would know a lot of barbecue hall of famers under there and, and so I, I, it was sort of a, a little bit more, uh, I thought I was going to be sitting in by myself at a table with some random people eating <laughs> a bunch of barbecue out of boxes. And it turned out to be sort of like, um, you know, talking to people and catching up and seeing a bunch of people I hadn't seen in a while. And so it was actually a lot of fun. Um, so that, that was one piece. So I think the Jack is special in that way that a lot of folks like Chris Lilly, uh, Ray Lampy, uh, you know, Amy Mills, lots of people came who weren't competing that year but to judge, but see everybody and catch up. So that part was was uh, definitely cool, and I, I definitely enjoyed that. Probably that the social aspect of it a lot more than uh, totally surprised me. I didn't expect it would be such a social event. Do you have any thoughts on where Memphis is at right now? Um, I think no. I um, I, I don't know I have much to add other than you know last last two shows you had guests with a lot more inside knowledge <laughs> than than me. I don't see how you want to have two of these festivals coinciding with each other. Um, I, I I could see how it could this could be a disaster every year, and then they decide to join forces, which I think Carrie <laughs> Bringle sort of maybe alluded to. I could see how they devolve into two totally different things. One's more of a traditional barbecue competition. One's more of a music festival. I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I have no idea what's going to happen in May. Um and even how it will come off because uh, there's so few details right now i think about the the new festival that it's, it's sort of hard to even see is it going to be like are they going to try to just replicate memphis in may mm. with the judging style and everything else or is it going to be much more along the lines of the you know more of a barbecue festival with a competition aspect whereas most you know most competitions like like memphis and may or the jack is primarily a barbecue t competition that has a festival around it hmm. I, I can see them maybe switching that up a little bit so i'll be uh watching curiously but no i don't have a, a good crystal ball on how that's gonna unfold and it is really six months out yeah. having planned some large events like that <laughs> that's not a long time to put yeah. together something of, of that nature so um who, who knows what's gonna happen 2023 trends that you liked in the live fire industry this year uh, cowboy butter for sure. Oh yeah. I've been making that every week. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Alongside my grimace shakes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I had no idea what a grimace shake was. So, um, what did I like in 2023? Um, my, I, I'm a little bit more restaurant focused, a little more, a little more in, the, in that area. 
Um, I really think I really did like the trend I, I keep seeing of sort of barbecue restaurants taking traditional uh, barbecue techniques, you know, live fire, slow, slow smoking, and then blending it with the pitmasters background. I've been mm-hmm. in more interesting barbecue restaurants in the past year of people who took sort of like, I, I, I sort of took the traditional Texas brisket and tr- Texas Trinity or I took traditional Carolina whole hog, but then I threw in a few flavors of, of my own um, that, that really made it fantastic. Uh, I was lucky a couple months ago to go by prime barbecue up in it's a night nightdale, which is just West of, of Raleigh, North Carolina. And Christopher Prieto has a, a great barbecue joint up there and on Saturdays. He does a whole hog that, um, is sort of traditional Eastern North Carolina whole hog, except he's from a Puerto Rican background. And so he does, uh, instead of a vinegar sauce, he does well, this mojo sauce. And it's one of the best things I've had in a, in a long time. So that is a trend in 2023, which I think um, was carrying over from 2022, but really brought a, um, a a nice novelty to barbecue at a time when I felt like there's a point where everybody was starting to do the same thing over and over again. And I think people were starting to get creative and, and really branch out. So that was uh, very encouraging for sure. When you look into the first quarter, first half of 2024, what are you prognosticating as far as trends we might see pop up? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, most of what I want to prognosticate, I think is like my wishful thinking. Like I would love to see Nashville hot chicken, uh, fall off or Nashville hot, everything fall off the map. And Nashville hot chicken was really this moment a couple of years ago. Yeah. Oh. Now it's Nashville hot. You name it. Yeah. Uh, Nashville hot yeah. lamb, Nashville hot, this <laughs> Nashville hot, that, uh, which basically takes perfectly good meat, drowning them in hot pepper and then ruining them that way. I saw something just today gosh, I hate anything on YouTube or Instagram, um, where somebody's making, you know, Nashville hot chicken, stacking it like a gyro and carving it off. And huh? I was like, all right, that's enough. That's enough. So I'd like to see the, the end of Nashville hot anything. Um, I don't know if I'm going to predict that though. Cause that's definitely me. Uh, you know, me, me wishing for, for a change. Did you like it but at certainly one if point? I'm getting fatigued of it, uh, Nashville hot chicken was okay. I mean, I, I thought, I thought it was delicious. Like, you know, it was like fried chicken. Then it was, Dipped yeah, in that hot spicy. oil, but then littered yeah. with a number of dill pickles on top. I mean, damn, that was, it's still one of my favorite sandwiches. If it's on the menu at a restaurant I've never been to, there's a good chance I'm going to try that first. Yeah, that was like five or eight years ago, though. I mean, we had the, the Princess Hot Chicken folks came down to Charleston years ago and did a whole event down here where no one ever heard of it. Um, so that's been around forever. But mm. then I think chefs are sort of latched onto it. And this is less barbecue, but you see a lot in the barbecue joints as well. But uh, there is so much Nashville hot oysters, Nashville hot anything uh, in restaurants that I have to suffer through when I'm reviewing them. I would I would just assume be done with done with the hot stuff. Right. It's it's like a thrill ride, but I mean, yes, it's fun occasionally. But do you want it every week? I, I, I at least I don't. My my, uh, my my guts won't stand for it more than yeah once a month or so. All right. What uh what else do you see from a potential trend or a wish for 2024? Well, I think um, yeah, we talked about about the competition scene. I do think that there's going to be a lot of shaking up there. Like I say, I think there's this with the change in the guard. I think there's a lot of of movement going on and 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 things uh, things shaking around. One thing I did, you know, when I was went through the whole KCBS uh, and went to the judging uh, class and all that, and then I went you know went to uh, went to the Jack. 
and just talking to people and everything. There is a moment where now where you're starting to see they're having trouble getting judges. Mm. Um, it's the people are getting older. They don't want to travel as much. Apparently, if it starts to rain, they'll have half the judges can't cancel on them on them at a lot of events. <laughs> and so I think we're going to see, I think, just challenges within the uh, with, within the competition world. Um, I think, you know, Kerry mentioned, Peg Leg mentioned when he was uh, on your show the, about the person who'd been judging for 30 minutes at, at Memphis in May. I think that's, that's going to be more and more common um, mm -hmm. you're, as you see people retiring. And, and I don't see as much of a backflow of younger people coming in. Doesn't mean the competition is going to go away. Doesn't mean that they're, um, and you're seeing the, the changes of formats. I just think you're going, I think they're going to evolve and change. And so I think we'll have a lot of conversations in 2024 about, the future of the competition circuit and and whether it's time to change things, do things differently, try new formats, try new new approaches. We'll see how that tracks. We're talking with Robert Moss, website robertfmoss.com. 2024, do we predict the resurgence of the Q sheet? Uh, Q sheet, probably not. That's a no. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I'm actually looking forward to 2024 and trying to decide what I'm going to focus on. Um, we could talk a lot about the changing dynamics of the, the writing industry and everything. Yeah. I think you're going to see more books, fewer free things like newsletters, fewer mm. short, fluffy articles, and more things that are going to... Um, I'm going to enjoy doing and will last longer than the, uh, the, the, the weekly newsletter. All right. Uh, we will see him in January. It's Robert Moss. Robert, appreciate the time. Have a great holiday and we'll see you in January. You too, Greg. All right. Robert Moss right there. RobertFMoss.com, his website, of course, and he does a little social media as well. You can find him. All right, we got time. We can wrap up the first hour here. So stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. We thank Robert Moss for joining us last segment. RobertFMoss.com, his website. 83% of you are saying rib roast for Christmas dinner. Followed up on a tie, 9% each, turkey and ham. And I'm surprised turkey is that much, but I'm surprised ham is that little. But I did see that people thought ham is kind of crappy. Well, looky here, Memphis Barbecue Supplies in the chat. Jimmy Shotwell, Memphis celebrity Jimmy Shotwell, I might add. Was it tw hmm. Jimmy, was it 2018? It was, it, was, it was 2018 that I'm referencing, but did you win best podcast for the year of 2017? Or was it 2018 the year that, that it didn't matter, like they just gave it out that year? We were in Fort Worth, NBBQA, where I did three days of live shows, three hours each day, and Jimmy gets the win for best podcast. <laughs> what? 
I did nine hours of live show right there at the awards. Jimmy gets it. All right, whatever. Luckily, nobody's bitter. Thank God. No harboring, nothing like that. It was one or the other. Anyway, uh, we're going to the second hour. Stick around, be right back.